Welcome back to another edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Talent T. Taylor. It is one of those beautiful, beautiful 73 degree nights here in South Florida. We're going to get into the madness that has finally come to an end. Careers that are coming to an end. Greatness that is being chased. And the prize that is in sight. But you know what I say, regardless of the time, regardless of the weather, it's always a good time to talk some sports. So... start talking. Oh man, can I tell you guys how much I have missed every single bit of you. I tell you this every time, but it's because I do. But we're going to start off by talking about the madness that was the NCAA tournament. And let me start off with talking about my bracket. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I mean, listen, the tournament is only as interesting as well as your bracket is doing. And it's something that I very much told you guys. Was that my final four brackets were intact, surprisingly. Had Syracuse, had Villanueva, had UNC, had Oklahoma. And then the final four games were played. And my brackets went to holy high water hell. As Oklahoma gets knocked out, so Villanueva gets knocked in there. And with Oklahoma getting knocked out, not only is it am I just losing Oklahoma, but I lose my pick to win the tournament. As UNC did what I kind of thought UNC was going to do, and they take out Syracuse. Now, those two games were kind of like the game I have on in the background. <clears throat> well, you know, while the tournament has been good to Syracuse, the games haven't been good to Syracuse. As I'm watching the 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 championship for the women, as I told you all the time, that I like to have a game on in the background, just so we have something to throw back to the reference, just, just some kind of eye candy, some sexiness going on in the backgrounds, so that every once in a while I can peek and get my ooh-la-la on. Tonight, it's Syracuse versus UConn. It was, I'm going to tell you, it was the Phoenix versus Atlanta game. But, you know, I turned it off for this thing. And this game was a blowout with seven minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. And UConn is doing what UConn has been doing all season through their 37 games. And that is blowing another team out, 66-45. to 45. <sighs> UConn is just that is just that team. Like I said, I would like to see some team, like some group of girls decide to come out for a couple of years and say, you know what, let's all go to XYZ team and see if we can dethrone what is Gino and UConn. Because, listen, as much as I like dominance, like I said, we all like dominance. I don't like UConn. I don't like Connecticut. I don't like that whole New England area. Like, they could all suck one big fat blasjol. <laughs> I'm saying it is what it is. Like I'm not gonna hide it. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny you of it. Like I'm I'm still gonna talk about them as truthfully as possible. It's just know that every time I talk about them, you know, I throw up in my mouth a little bit. And yet, that is still a place that if my niece played basketball, I would send her to in a heartbeat. Granted, she probably won't be playing basketball, you know, on that level for like another thirteen years. So Gina won't even be there by that time. Maybe what I was asking for will come to fruition. Maybe it's some some Florida team, you know, that has that has done this. Maybe UM, you know? And maybe I get to watch her play locally instead of having to drive to BF. Sipping on some lemonade. And no, not that lemonade by that little girl that just won the entrepreneur stuff and is now giving back to the repopulation of 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 the bees. No, 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 not that. Publix lemonade. That that real sugary ish that reminds you of the stuff that you used to make as a kid that had you bouncing off of walls. Yes, that's what I'm drinking. So, like I said, those two games look like this game I have on in the background as is now seventy one forty seven. 
But that final game was anything but that. And you know what? I still fell asleep. Yup. I know you wanted tea. How you fell asleep? I was tired. I'm sorry. I've had a day off all week. I know you don't want to hear that. But I fell asleep. I fell asleep. And you know what it is? And you know what it is? Let's, 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 let's be honest. Let's just be real. Let's, let's just be honest. Let's just be real. And yes, that's going to become a drop. <laughs> you guys already like if you've known me you already see where this is going like let's just be honest let's just gonna be real is going to be a drop eventually but it's halftime it's halftime and it's always halftime it's always halftime when it comes to games that late on any day that you're struggling to watch a game you know it's always halftime that does it to you you know like because because anytime it's a commercial you know, between the commercials, you're able to jolt yourself back up as the action comes and you hear something in the back. But halftime, it's just, no, it's just commercial after commercial and then talking, talking, commercial, and then talking, call, talking, commercial. And it takes way too long. And then next thing you know, I wake up to hear that, holy crap, that this game went back and forth and side to side. And next thing you know, Connecticut is coming back on Villanova, hitting a, hitting a bucket that put that was supposedly... Trying to put them into overtime. But bandito. That is not how it happened. Instead. Villanova. I keep calling it Villanova. Villanova. Gets one last attempt. At the ball. At a shot. At a game winning shot. And they bring the ball up. And there's a nice little rub-off pick play that's, that's done by the point guard as he brings the ball off the court with poise. Hands it off to the hot hand. And next thing you know, homeboy's eating their lunch for dinner. Leftovers. That's how much room he had. Buckets. Three-pointer. Villanueva wins. But in case you did not hear it, here goes the call. I go length of the court with Archie Diakono. Three seconds at midcourt. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Recognition of Arch finding Jenkins. Miscommunication it's by out. North Carolina. It's out. It's, it's, good. it's, it's good. all the way. How about that? The wow. officials on the far side have already walked away now after seeing it. A national championship buzzer beater for the title. And that was the call. And I'm going to tell you something weird. Great game. Like I said, great game. I'm upset that I missed it. And for as, as exciting as much as, as much joy and excitement that you heard at the end of the game, also watching the game, for somebody that doesn't watch a lot of college sports, and part of the things that I'm, I, I do take away from when I do watch college sports is seeing the reaction of the crowd, seeing the enthusiasm of the crowd, seeing <clears throat> of seeing a sea of... Full of people. I mean, a whole entire row. Not just row, but you know what I mean? From end to end, just a sea of people jumping up and down. You know, I, I, there's something about that pure display of energy and how it just fills up a whole arena that makes me excited when I do watch college basketball. I didn't get that from this game. 
I didn't get that from this game at all. There was one little area over here when they brought the basket when they brought the ball over to the basket, and you, then you just had this middle area behind the commentators that was just just a bunch of pe just a bunch of uptight people and shirts buttoned all the way up to their necks. This just looked uptight, just just uptight and fully clothed and as calm as calm can be. Watching it like they was watching a tennis match, like oh good basket, yes yes. Oh, could you go? Oh, what a stale, Jeffrey. Did you say that, Jeffrey? That was so... John! Oh, my goodness. He dunked it. I'm flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. That's how it looked. That's how their celebration looked. That, that also helped to the boredom of it. And once again, here we come back. Women's basketball. Women's sports as a whole. NCAA Women's Tournament. And like, oh, 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 I just saw the ball get ripped away from a Syracuse play and it looked like she just had her shoulder ripped out of place. Something like what happened with Kevin Love and Kelly Olenek. Um, who is this for Syracuse on the ground thriving in pain? It's Peterson? Yeah, they were, they were wrestling the ball away, her and somebody. And it looks like she may have gotten her shoulder temporarily dislocated. Yes, I have everything on you, so I can't really see. But let me see. Reaches for the shoulder. Everybody, everybody, trying to let me see the ball in direction. Yeah, so you see her. She has her hand in there with the ball against number eleven. So it's Peterson. She's number one, and yeah, just kind of gets the hand stuck in there, and uh, looks like the shoulder goes along with it. She's still on the on the court, and I don't know how much longer I'm gonna watch this. But it's going to come down real simple, like I said. UConn is going to win again. UConn is going to be dominant. And you can't give enough credit to Gino and the programs that he has built. And listen, you also got to give credit to Syracuse for making it this far. And I'm talking about Syracuse all in all throughout the tournament. Syracuse being a number four in the women's tournament and Syracuse being a number 10 in the, in the men's tournament. One making it to the Final Four and one making it to the National Championship game. It, it, it's an exciting time. Like that's a, that's a nice time for Syracuse in a year where... They expect expectations weren't that much where you had so much negative publicity um, lingering around the men's head coach. So kudos to Syracuse. They will get a round of applause. We are about to head to break and... When we come back, we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame class, um, a couple of guest appearances, and who is looking to make it into the playoffs? Listen, there's a couple of states out here that are dominating the playoff race. I'll tell you that and more when we come back with the Mighty Sports Minute. Hey, go. Tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 183rd Street, Miami County, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. Tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. so nice we had to play it twice thank you welcome back this is mighty sports podcast and i am your host talent t taylor so with that we are gonna get to the multi-vest play of the week and there's not much that was in contention for me at least this week 
And and, and, and it really just had, like I said, a lot of it had to be timing. Because I am taking into consideration even what happened last night. So, once again, in case you missed it. I go length of the court with Archie Diakono. Three seconds at mid-court. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Recognition of Arch finding Jenkins. Miscommunication it's by North Carolina. It's out. It's out. It's out. It's out. How about that? The wow. officials on the far side have already walked away now after seeing it. A national championship buzzer beater for the title. There we go. Yes. It was them. Nothing, nothing compares to that. Because you... you I'm going to explain it, but I don't. I shouldn't have to explain it. For all the simple reasons, it was the game-winning shot of a national championship game. For that one individual, and hopefully it's not, but for that one individual, that could be the peak of his career. That at least, at the very least, at the very, 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 very least, is the pinnacle of his college career. Like nothing else is gonna top that moment. And what a way to top it by hitting the game winning shot for a national championship game. Like you go to the NBA and be like, bam, I've had my moment. I have had everything I need to have from college now. Let me go on to the next level and see if I can duplicate this on the next level in the NBA. But knowing that I haven't done anything in the NBA and you need to work on everything. <clears throat> So they get the multivest play of the week. And that wasn't the only thing that happened this weekend. Like I said, because there was a lot of big surprises and big moments and just big things that have been happening throughout the last time we spoke. And one of the ones that, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things is that WWE had their yearly WrestleMania. Yes, WWE had their extravaganza wrestle, wrestle, wrestlemania. Heads collide, people get body slammed. You know, people are thrown over the rooms. There's collusion here, backstabbing there. Maybe a wardrobe malfunction there, but you can guarantee you one thing. A title changed hands. And... That may not have been the most interesting thing that happened there. WrestleMania, you may have witnessed Shino Mack take on, or take it to The Undertaker. And give it everything he had. Like Shane O'Mack flew across the ring like he normally did to hit the lunch pail to the gut. Hit him with a couple of jabs and shuffle moves. And then he went for one too many high-flying act. So, if you haven't watched WrestleMania now, this is not a good time to listen to the podcast. We went for one too many high-flying acts off the top rope. Not the top rope. I apologize. Off of the top of the cage. Because yes, him and Undertaker were having a Hell in a Cell match. <clears throat> and misses. Completely misses. Completely misses. And then, he's looking at Undertaker, begging for some more. Undertaker gives him a tombstone. Bada bing, bada boom, really has gone in the room. How you doing? Nancio, it's over. Nancio, something like that. Now, so he just fell short and isn't now able to take over this father's company. But I see this as either they were trying to make a big push. For WrestleMania, or it may be something that's still in the works, as Vince looked like he may be ready to step down. And Shane may actually be ready to step up. We'll see. Who knows? Like I said, the title did change hands. 
And Roman Reigns did. Yes, he did defeat Triple H to win the WWE Championship. And while I guess it's going to be as clean as can be, and you know, there'll definitely be a rematch. We all know this. Knowing that there's a rematch coming, I'm also wondering how long is it going to be before Roman Reigns is going to be champion again this time. Especially, like I said, not only with the rematch coming, but with Seth Rollins coming back. Knowing that they're going to give him basically like the same push that he just got right back into to get back into, you know, give him the same push to get back into the championship race. Which means that he's going to be going against Roman. Which means Roman may be losing his belt again. I don't know what it is about Roman, but Bray Wyatt may be on to something. Anything but Roman. Anybody but you. Then we have what's the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And it's won by some NXT guy. And you know what? While that's not really... I mean, while that's kind of significant, that's not going to be the part that's going to be remembered. What's going to be remembered, right, is Shaq making an appearance in the ring. Stepping up to the Big Show's face and all of the WWE superstars like... Let's get it on. And... They was out just as quickly as he entered. Everybody, they split the ring in half. 15 went for him, 15 went for the other 14, however you want to call it. And Knicks, you know, those are the first two guys out. And Shaq looked upset. Like, he wasn't expecting it. But it's times like this that reminds me of how big Shaq is and also how big the big show is. So I don't know I don't know who it reminds me of how big who whom is. If it's Shaq or the big show. Because... It reminds me that these are both guys that are seven feet tall. But Big Show is always constantly trying to be advertised as 400, 500 pounds and things like that. And Shaq looks just as big as him. And I remember when Shaq was in his heaviest. Shaq wasn't as, wasn't no 500 pounds. You know, wasn't no 400 pounds. And this isn't Shaq's first appearance, the first time being seen up against, close against the Big Show. So... It always makes me wonder. That's something I always like to see happen. I like to see those two guys in particular stand side by side. So. It's. I like the fact that he actually made an appearance. Within also. I'm talking about Shaq now still. The same week. That he has announced. To be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yes, Shaq. But not only that. Shaq is also in the Hall of Fame with... And Shaq is, is one of the biggest guys. One of the biggest personalities. One of So when I say biggest, I'm not just talking about like height, weight. I'm talking about like... <clears throat> Personality-wise, stardom, even influencing the game now as the Yukon and Syracuse game comes to its end. And yes, of course, as based off the score, how the score was earlier, Yukon secured another victory and another title. And I'm very quickly going to change from this and we're going to go back over to see if this Phoenix and Atlanta game is still running. So, like I said, so Shaq may be the biggest guy when like i said if not the biggest definitely one of the biggest guys to go into the hall of fame like i said the seven foot plus diesel the big cactus the big sherry the big aristotle the shack um you know the shacktober the shack fool listen i even had a shack album and a shack game and a shack shirt and a shack hat like, I'm not going to say act like sit here and act like I wasn't a fan of Shaq. But, and I wasn't a huge fan of the guy that's going in beside him. But I'm not going to take any wave, anything away from him. I'm not saying I wasn't a huge fan of him. That's because of how much of a fan I was of Shaq. Yao Ming. Yao Ming, yes. Taller than Shaq. 
probably a lot more skill overall than Shaq. You know, when it came to um, like jump shot, touch on his, you know, let's just touch on the shot, his fadeaway. But unfortunately for Yao Ming, his career was always being, his seasons were always being cut short because he just couldn't get his feet right. And he's he's one of those prototypical centers that anytime that you see that big men are having foot problems, knees, feet, anything lower extremity, they automatically start referring to the Yao Mings of the world. You know, the big men that just couldn't really last. They know the Yao Mings and the Greg Odoms that their feet and foot issues just basically marched themselves out of the league eventually. And even with all that, and in an era where we have started celebrating the greatness of the little man. Right? As you know, as basically little men are taking this game over. Right? They are the ones running the show. They're the ones getting the contracts. They're the ones that we are consistently always out there to see. And and it's always and they're always ones that are always usually more relatable. The little man, the point guards, the shooting guards even. You know, versus the LeBron, the, the giant LeBron James of the world. But especially when it comes to these point guards. But there was no other more influential little man in the game than the problem and the answer. Mr. Allen Iverson. He is definitely, 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 definitely one of the baddest, 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 coldest men that we... If you've never seen him play, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, you have no clue what you're missing. And I'm going to tell you, you have Allen Iverson in different, in, different, in different forms here. Where I think you have his, 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 his handle ability... In the way that Stephen Curry is, and and I and I say his handles, meaning that the, his ability to make people look silly with his handles. He's like Curry has that. He he you know him and Curry share that, but his aggressiveness and the way that he went to the hole is matched probably only by Russell Westbrook, but. The way he keeps on coming at you and keeps shooting, actually, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> you know, but but even that's a little more Isaiah Thomas-ish, you know, in a, in a way. For a guy that was a buck 65, you know, 5'11", 5'10", they wanted to give him six feet all the time, but 5'11", 5'10". And to dominate and put up the numbers that he did. Remember, scoring title after scoring title after scoring title. Like, his best player at times was Aaron McKee. The Kemi Matumbo, you know, um, um, who else? Some of a, you know, Theo Ratliff. But yeah, to see AI get into the Hall of Fame is is very refreshing, very nourishing. So, sir, yeah, we salute you. We salute all three of you, Shaq, Yao Ming, and Allen Iverson. Well, Allen Iverson, you get the tip of the hat because you never had your ring. But listen, you are a champ in everybody's eyes. We're going to go to another commercial break. When we come back, we're going to finish talking about the NFL. The, I'm sorry. We're going to finish talking about the NBA, the NHL, and we're going to get into some local sports. That and more on the Mighty Sports Minute. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, 
respond. I became a soldier. Welcome back to the Mighty Sports Minute. Again, I am your host, Talon T. Taylor. And, you know what? As we hit April, you know, we we also come to the end of a couple of league seasons. And one of them... It's going to be the NHL's grueling, long 82-game season. Which also, if you don't have any underwear, yes. NHL and the NBA both have 82 games. NBA does have. So, they're both going to have a nice little... Let's say, run at it. And what's even more, more impressive than... As their season, like I said, really comes to the end. Because they're a little bit ahead of the NBA. Is how two of our cities. Well, I should say two of our cities. Or two cities. Well, I guess our cities. There are two cities, two states, actually. That are dominating, I guess, more than anything. And, listen, they have a, both of those teams have a lot of... Most of those cities, states, have a lot of teams there. But... That goes. That could go for a lot of places. The Texas of the world, the Cali's of the world. Doesn't mean that they all always do well. But for the NHL, we have the Rangers, New York, Panthers, Florida, Lightning, Florida, Tampa Bay, and the Islanders, New York. So. What we get now in basically one Eastern Division is four teams, basically, between New York and Florida that are going to make it to the playoffs, which is basically half of the teams that are going to be in there. As, you know, they follow they follow similar rules, I say kind of like to the, to the NFL, where you're going to have... Two te- you're going to have the top three teams that are going to have buys. Um, then you're going to have a wild card game that is going to be played. And then that one is going to have a winner that are going to have those other two. You know, so it's going to be a bunch of madness in there. But they're going to get it done. And they're going to have a winner. And it's going to be exciting. Like, I'm going to be slightly interested just to watch the NHL for the fact that, like I said, there are two Florida teams and two New York teams. And if they, and anyhow, these two teams meet in the in the playoffs, I am gonna be interested to watch. So I'm gonna be very interested. And if I'm not mistaken, the Rangers and the Panthers have already clinched their have officially clinched the playoffs. And I'm not sure what the Rangers and sorry, I mean what the Lightning and the Islanders have done. And Thomas as as clinching playoff spots. Right? That is also just about where we're at in the NBA too is is teams clinching playoff spots as I believe Miami has recently clinched theirs, but there's this log jam now with about five games left in the NBA. Cleveland is obviously going to be the top team in the East, and I, and I don't think that they're going to have to worry about Toronto catching them, as as Toronto is basically going to solidify themselves as the number two team. And then after that, between three and eight, like I said, there's a complete log jab where you're talking about there is there's a three game difference there, and still number eight can go to number three in a heartbeat, and number six or number six can go to number three in a heartbeat. So while Atlanta, so we have Atlanta, we have Boston, we have Miami, we have Charlotte, we have Indiana, we have Detroit, and even still out of all of those. You know I me, mean? still kind of like Miami. We gonna, we gonna talk about that a little bit more, right? Because this is not a time to talk about Miami. This is a time to more talk about also what's going on in the West and their standing. And they're pretty much how the East is, but more teams 
have an but you have an idea of, of where more teams are gonna be. For instance, yes, Golden State Warriors are the number one team. Not only in the West, but in the whole entire league. And right now, they are still, yes, on pace to win 73 games. But not only are they on pace to win 73 games, if they win two more games, they have now officially gotten first round, or they have gotten officially clinched a home court advantage throughout the whole entire league. As they now sit at 69-8. and Like I said, just about five games left in the season. And with that, that will mean that, yes, San Antonio is very much solidified at number two. And, believe it or not, Oklahoma is sitting on an island by themselves, very much solidified at number three, and just about the same thing for the Clippers. They're very much solidified at number four position. So, what happens in this case now, where in the East, everything you know goes to whole highly headwaller, whole Whole highly hell water. Whole highly head water. Hell water. You know, from three to eight. In the West, that doesn't happen until you're basically talking about five through eight. And then you even still have Houston Rockets sitting there on the outside looking in. As Memphis, Portland, Dallas, and Utah are right now currently sitting in playoff, in playoff positions. If the playoffs were to start today. And... Like I said, Clippers are just about <sighs> stuck at number four. And Clippers also got back Blake Griffin, which you kind of figured that he was going to take no rush at this point in time. If there was a couple more days or a couple more weeks that he could have used to recover, he was going to use that to recover also knowing that as soon as he came back, he was going to he was going to serve some recovery. So seeing him come back with just about like five games left at the end of the season, maybe like seven games left at the end of the season, makes perfectly sense because he comes back long enough just to get enough games into him so he can still be fresh for the playoffs but also get his rhythm back for the playoffs. That's really what this is all about because, honestly, if they thought he could have gotten his rhythm back and, and flow of the game back, they wouldn't have brought, you know, right away, they wouldn't have brought him back, and you know, right at the end of the season. They would have just brought him back for the beginning of the playoffs. And that's that's when he would have started. I'm gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what Oklahoma City does because what this basically means is that Oklahoma City, if they win their first round playoff game, then which is gonna be against Portland, you know, or potentially against Portland. Like I told you, it was Memphis, Portland, Dallas, Utah. Then it's gonna be interesting to see how they play San Antonio. And if they play San Antonio tough, it's going to be interesting to see what they do against Golden State. But I also don't think they're in Golden State's class. Like, see, that's the odd thing. I think they may be able to beat San Antonio, but not Golden State. I don't know. It's odd. But you're also talking about seven games. Like, I'm talking about, like, I'm more thinking about on the line of one game. Can they do it for seven? No. Can they, can they hold the own for six? Probably, yeah. And that's probably where the shame is at. And then, and then, and then, as we continue with this NBA talk, we get it again. We get another oldie. He comes out and he says, Well, you know, Jim, back in my day, if my team would have played them, we would have swept those young whippersnappers. They wouldn't have got a shot off. They would have switched everything, kept the pressure on them, and made them, made them really second-guess their offense. And they never would have shot three-pointers, because three-pointers would no longer exist. Not like three-pointers were closer in my days. So what they take as a three would just basically be a two-pointer. But regardless... We would have shot him down because, you know, we are just the greatest team ever. And we don't care if they are based to, to, to beat our single season record. We would have swept them. We would have swept them in four and they would have never had a chance. And this is what I'm hearing. And blah, blah, blah. And we're better. And there's no way. No way whatsoever. And I'm telling you. And I'm telling you. And I'm telling you. That... 
I'm, I'm once again, I'm not gonna sit here and I'm gonna call these old guys out by name. He happens to be another legend, so I'm gonna let him have his rant. I'm gonna let him have his moment. But part of the reason that I'm gonna let him have his time and his moment because he may be one of the few times, or this may be one of the few times that I believe the legend that is coming from. And this is where I guess this comes into <laughs> this has become funny to me because now I'm really thinking, and you automatic and the first thing that pops in my head is that okay, who's gonna guard Steph, right? And, and that really wasn't the first thing that popped in my head, but it pops in my head because very quickly I'm over here thinking about the about who is who is Golden State's shooting not shooting guard point guard. Not point guard. Who is Chicago's point guard? And then it basically kind of manifests into who's going to guard Steph. So, I quickly very much remember, or, or quickly very shifts into, no, Chicago plays a triangle. And you quickly remember that they don't need a true point guard to run the triangle. BJ Armstrong, Steve Kerr. No, no, no. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Harper. To Masaso. And now I realize that you're gonna have six foot five Hopper. You're gonna have Jordan at six foot seven. Then you're gonna put in Scotty Pippen at six foot eight. And then this is where it gets interesting. Because now what you're gonna say is that Chicago is not gonna be able to is not gonna be fortunate enough of playing the big man ball the way that they did back in those days. Which is perfectly fine with them because they didn't utilize their big man a lot. So a game like this would actually work in their favor because they get to shift away from you from trying to um, feed a ball into somebody that they really don't utilize just to keep a defense honest. Because you have to remember, a lot of times, that's the only reason guys fed it into the center was just to keep a defense honest so that they can create space for shooters. Now what Stephen Curry has showed you that you don't need to utilize dumping a ball inside and banging to create space for shooters. You can just have a really great handling guard or, or even as LeBron has showed you, you just need somebody that can penetrate enough to, get, to, to, to force defenses to collapse for you to get it out to shooters. Which now tells me that we also quickly forget that Tony Kukoc was one of the top rated European players coming into the league and how... Jordan and Pippen had to make it a mind state, you know, or, or make it their mission to humble him and embarrass him during the Olympics before bringing him over to the team. But let's act like Tony Kukoc was, 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 was any slouch. And now because you're playing small ball, guess who you don't have to play? You don't have to play the Luke Longleys of the world. But you know who you can play? You can play the Dennis Rodmans of the world. And Dennis Rodman has no problem guarding a guy like Andrew Bogan. He eats a guy like Andrew Bogan for lunch, breakfast, um, lunch, and snack and dinner with his rainbow-colored, fruity, pebbled hair. He would do that. So, in this one particular incident where the old guy is over here ranting about how his team may have swept the Golden State Warriors, that's where I think he goes a little... Uh, too far, but doesn't gentleman sweep still have the word swept in there? I don't know. You figure it out. Listen, I'm not gonna debate that, but you can go ahead and leave a comment on th about this one below. Who do you think would have won, and by what margin would it have been that Bulls team? I guess that that '96 Bulls team that everybody talks about, or the current Golden State Warriors team. And whoever you do determine to win, how many games do you think is going to take them to win it? Four, five, six, seven. Some weird occurrence where they play so many overtimes they have to force an eighth game. Hmm, you tell me. But you tell me after this break and after you leave your comments below. Because, you know what, while you go ahead and you wait to leave your comments what I don't want you to do is to worry about where you want to go this Friday or any Friday ever again. Stop worrying. Stop thinking. Head down to Capone's nightclub in downtown Fort Lauderdale. 
in downtown Fort Lauderdale. Go find DJ Scepter mixing in the lounge room so you can start dancing and start drinking. Yup, that is DJ Scepter every Friday, 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Ladies, bring your sexy. Fellas, bring your swag. It is going down at Capone's. And do not forget that DJ Scepter does more than just club events. You can hire him for birthdays, bar mitzvahs. He even does kitty parties ranging from all ages. And he will, listen, he'll do your, he'll do your sister's funeral. He'll do your brother's wedding. It doesn't matter. DJ Scepter does it all. Contact him. Get his work. You won't regret it. Again, Mighty Sports Minute, Talented Taylor. Sorry, Mighty Sports Podcast, Talented Taylor. See, so, some habits are so hard to break. I have to remember, it's the Mighty Sports Podcast now. No longer the Mighty Sports Minute. I don't know if you guys have realized the rebranding of the show. But it is now the Mighty Sports Podcast. And, 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 and. Hope you guys are ready for this. What is very, very quickly. I, and I, don't, I, can't, I don't even know if I can say very quickly. And it may just be because I have a new, I have something for it. And it, could, and it could just be the new toy that I have. And you know me and my new toys. Who doesn't like a shiny new toy? Like, listen, guys, we like cars. We like trucks. We like things like that. We like shiny new toys. And women, women, we know how you like a good toy. We know how much you like a new toy. So, as you guys play with your new toys, let me play with mine. Yes, this is the section where I bring you all local sport. But as you know, local for me can be local for New York. It could be local Florida. And remember, I'm also Army, so I am a little internationally known, but I'm going to rock the microphone. Listen, are you stupid? No, no, no. I mean outrageous. (laughs) So, this next section. Yes, 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 yes. This past weekend, if you got the opportunity to, then you would have heard me do the public announcement for the Hollywood Browns game. And the Hollywood Browns, they played the Broward County Barracudas. Hollywood Browns, 9-0. Barracudas, Seven and two. What are they six and three? Seven and two. And this game was going very quickly proved to be a lot more not entertaining, but competitive than the first game. Now, the final score of this game was 36 to 13. And I know that doesn't sound like it was that close, but this game was a lot closer than it sounded. And I know, I don't know, I know what you're saying. Listen, this doesn't look, doesn't look better. But at, at, at the halftime, this is a one point game. At half? At half. This game was 14 13. At the half. <coughs> and then, I apologize, but, yeah, the Browns fired off 22 consecutive points. 
it was a very good game. And you know what? You know what I really believe the turning point of the game was. <coughs> Excuse me. Hold on a second. The quarterback for the. The quarterback for the. For the Broward County Barracudas, took a nasty spill around the third quarter. Was out injured for a while, probably probably a good five ten minutes on the sidelines. And I don't think the team ever fully recovered from that. I don't think their momentum ever recovered from that. Like I said, for the first half, this game was very defensive. This game was kind of back and forth. Um, Barracudas went up first. Browns came back and, and answered. Barracudas came back and answered. Bar you know. Um, Barracudas came back and answered again. Browns came back and answered again. So it was very back and forth in the first half. Only one point game, 14-13. Second half, Browns slowed down a little bit. <clears throat> when I say slow down, slowed a little bit down more on offense. Found their pace, found their rhythm. <coughs> Excuse me. Whew. Okay, I think I'm better now. So, that may lose my train of thought a little bit. So that's so, yeah. So they pulled away. In the, they pulled away in the second half to secure that victory, and with that, the Barracudas now solidify their what is it second undefeated season as they now go ten and zero. There's one. There's only one other undefeated team in the league, and hopefully those two teams get a chance to meet in the finals because the Browns are the champions from last year. The other team that's undefeated is the champions from two years ago. So we're, look, we're looking at hopefully the clash of the Titans over here. Now, the Hollywood Browns' next game is going to be against the Ponciana Venoms. That is going to be on April 16th, 7 p.m. at Joe Carter Stadium. So, I said, if you came out for this last game, thank you, because I was also their breast cancer awareness game. So, a lot of the, a lot of the proceeds end up going to, obviously, helping breast cancer and donations and our things. And I have no clue else. But, as I stated that, I was doing the PA for that game. If you were, once again, lucky enough, on April 17th, the Palm Beach Jupiter. I'm gonna be doing the play-by-play, -play, not for Palm Beach. Sorry, I'm gonna be doing the play-by-play for the Jupiter Hammerheads as they take on the Clearwater Threshers. Now, the game call for that is gonna be. Is gonna be found on that team site, and it's gonna be f through their audio feed. So basically, you just gotta to go to hammerhead.com or Google, or just say, "Hey Google, Jupiter Hammerhead," and they're gonna they're gonna pop up the name, and you'll pop up the information. Click on the site, click on the site, then you'll find the radio tab, and you'll be able to listen to the live stream of the game. And for that game, I'll be doing the play-by-play. -play. And that game is at 1 a.m. So that's going to be a very early game. We're just about not coming down to the end of the show. And it, and it really is nice. And as I told you earlier, I was looking for that Atlanta and that Phoenix game. And that game ended. And a couple of things I actually took from that game. Right? And it's just so funny. They actually both happen to be on... Atlanta, and you know I, I watch that game because I love me some Devin Booker. I love Devin Booker more than I think anybody else in the NBA right now. He is my new, like up and coming star to watch. Like he is, the, he is my young, he is my young star. My, he is definitely, definitely the guy that I'm telling you that. We gonna see. So, is that I'm good to see Cephalosha back, and the fact that he's suing like the in like the. The city of New York for like twelve million dollars. Like I do not, I do not feel sorry for at all because you know what? They like they deserve it. They that they try to ruin that man's career. They shoot him in the leg, shoot him in the kneecap. I'm sorry, somebody knew who he was. 
Like they tried, they broke. They already broke his leg. So yeah, somebody knew who he was. Like they thought they try to do that deliberately. It's just like how Key Anthony early got shot in the knee. Another thing I kind of wondered about Atlanta as I'm watching them is that I know I said this. It was a fear of mine on the Knicks, but now that he's not on the Knicks, when is Tim Hardaway Jr. gonna go to Miami so that he can learn how to be a pro, so that he can learn how to be a champion, and so that he can learn how to be great? I'm telling you right now. A team with Justice Winslow and what I think can really be Tim Hardaway Jr. and the guy that you're going to have to pay overpay or else he's going to get a poison pill, Whiteside. I think a team surrounding around those three guys, for the, you know, going to the ne- into the near future can be a team that's highly respectable. Highly, highly respectable. And you can, and you can remold that team. And I don't know why I see Tim Hardaway Jr. coming to Miami. Like I said, I had the fear. When he was in New York, but I thought he was going to work out of his slump in New York as he was getting playing time. And the next, you know, he finds himself in the doghouse. But that's something else we're going to talk about. Because as I talk about, as I told you, I'm going to be doing the games for April 16th and April 17th. Right? Just around the corner, or if it hasn't actually happened already, I'm pretty sure, for a lot of teams. And it's, gonna ha- and it's actually happening tonight in Miami. We have baseball opening day. And with baseball's opening day coming up, as much as I'm looking for my Yankees to win, I still don't like A-Rod. You know what, A-Rod? Just one big holy bleep you. Like, just can't stand him. Like, I, I don't know if I'll ever fully, like, like buy into him again, ever. Like, I don't know if I really did. Because I, I didn't really like the person that came from te- the Texas. Like, he came from the Rangers. And I kind of saw the little cockiness over there that he wasn't going to fit well. But, you know, they did a business move and we got one championship out of the guy. One. One. Let's remember that. One. When he was barely significant. One. The Jets still need a head still need a quarterback. Like this is just retarded. This is just this is just ridiculous. Like I don't, I don't even know now if I'm even like giving you news. If I'm if I'm even updating you or if I'm just ranting at the end of the show to buy time. You know, it could be a combination of all of them. Like Nick still suck. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is the local section. I told you this was the local section, so so here we go. Like there we go. That's that's what you get from here. Baseball opening day is coming up, and I still hate a Rod. Jets still need a head coach. I'm sorry, not a head coach. Still need a quarterback. The Knicks suck, and Miami. Miami's hopeful. Man, Miami is so hopeful. I don't know why I have faith in Miami, but I do. And I, and not to win a championship. But I have faith in them as the only team in the East to beat Cleveland. And to be honest with you, that's all I really care about at this point. Like, I don't think there's a team, like, as much as I, I dislike Miami, ah, I'm a big enough fan of Dwayne Wade and Justice Winslow to be able to want to see them beat Cleveland. To lose in the finals so I can just, you know, just talk smack to all my other Heat fan friends. Bobby. <laughs> but, I don't know, that's, that's, like, that's like wishing for your enemy to do well so you can hopefully, you know, peg him off the top with the slingshot while you sit at the bottom. I don't know how that's going to work. But, you know what I do want to do? You know what I do? You know what, you know, and you know what does work? Thanking you. Thanking you for listening to the show. Like, I, I do appreciate it. We gonna see. <laughs> you should definitely give yourself a round of applause. That's it. That's it, Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Stay tuned. Stay blessed. And do not whatsoever, for any reason, stress. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Don't forget to check me out. Bar's closing down. Instagram? Sun's out. No Instagram. Where we going for breakfast? Facebook? Wanna go far? Twitter? Rough night. Mighty Sports? Die, baby. Podcast? Die. On SoundCloud?
my tea. And now, yes, yes, I'm sorry. No, no, we're going to finish this. The podcast is not only now on SoundCloud, but it's also now on TuneIn Radio. Thank you again for listening. My tea.